Wealth Within offers a range of investment and educational services to help you secure your financial future. Whether you're an aspiring trader or simply want to increase the strength of your portfolio, Wealth Within are dedicated to maximising your investment returns. Hello and welcome to Talking Wealth. I'm Dale Gillam, the Chief Analyst at Wealth Within. My podcast today is going to be about professional advice and uh, a few areas around all that because I know I get asked all the time about um, you know, whether it be somebody out in the street or, or whether I'm on the uh, Sky Business News or there's a range of different places people talk to me and they talk about things like advisors, like financial advisors, accountants, stockbrokers and the whole plethora of different advisors or professional advice that people are getting. And what, what sh- who should they listen to? What should they do? And there's a lot of the different questions I get. And um, so I want to talk a little bit about that and give you some strategies around who you should be talking to, what you should be asking and how you should be asking them. And, and really about expectations because quite often when it comes to profes- professional advice, I say to people, you know, uh, I said, well, you know, what's it, do you trust brokers? And for the most part, uh, people say to me, oh, yeah, I trust my stockbroker or, yeah, I would trust a stockbroker. But then when I say, would you trust a real estate agent, the whole situation changes and the face changes. And most people, if I had a room of 100 people and I said, who trusts the real estate people or somebody in real estate, nobody would put their hand up or I might get one in 100 people and generally that person's a real estate agent anyway. So whereas brokers, we give this innate um, trust into if we compare accountants to financial planners, the same situation is there. Most people, when they want to get good advice or unbiased advice and solid advice, would agree that their accountant is probably one of the best places to go because they're getting somebody who's independent working for them. But when I ask people about their financial planner, do they trust their financial planner? Statistics are the totally the opposite. And in fact, the, the research statistics about financial planners is that only 20% of people in Australia actually use a financial planner. And the main reason they don't use them is because they don't believe their financial planner is educated enough and is unbiased. And that's the, uh, that is really sort of an alarming type of statistic in my book, not just for individuals, but also for the Financial Planning Association that says that people don't really trust who they are. Whereas if you talk to a CPA, everybody trusts a CPA or has a high regard for them. And so for me, to for a, stock, uh, a financial planner sort of be down the, the uh, lower socioeconomic type of strat- uh, ladder on the whole of who we trust is not necessarily a great thing because I believe people do need to use financial planners. But the interesting thing is, is, is what type of information you'll get out of your financial planner will depend on the type of financial planner that you've chosen and also the questions that you're asking them at any one time. And you know, to me, if you're into direct investment, like I believe most people listening to this podcast would be that because you are on our, have subscribed to these podcasts and are looking at them, that you're probably into direct share investment. You're probably also into direct property investment. And most financial planners, if they don't handle that, they're not going to be able to help you. So you need to look for people that are able to help you and do what you do. And I'd say the same for accountants. If you're using accountant, and you love direct investing and you love buying shares and buying investment properties and he doesn't own an investment property and he's not into direct shares, they're probably not going to be help you, able to help you as much as what you believe they should be helping you. But here's some other interesting statistics and, and to me these are people that show us the real facts about what's going on. A lot of people give brokers that sort of, they put them higher on that social standing or that ladder that we talk about are much higher than financial planners but interesting thing is that brokers are only 50% right I think if a broker gets 50% of his his recommendations right 
then they think he's a genius. But the thing is, most brokers are essentially a salespeople exactly the same as a real estate salesperson buys and sells property, or he's the middleman between the buyer and the seller of a property. The broker is the middleman between the buyer and the seller of a share. They essentially do the same job. They just transfer an asset from one person to another. And brokers that you generally speak to on the phone generally don't do the research themselves. They get it all from their research department. And really, to me, the research department and marketing department are the same place. Um, because often if a big 78% of the in, uh, money traded on our share market is done by institutions, and therefore if an institution wants to you know, get rid of BHP, well, how are they going to do that? Well, the research department comes up with a good story tells, to tell the broker, to, for then the broker then to tell you that you should be buying BHP. So it's got to be worded nicely by the marketing people so that you go out and look at that recommendation and you buy BHP. So the managed fund or the big institutional player can then sell those shares. So they call the share market for a reason. It's marketing shares. And brokers are a part of that marketing. But interesting, we give a lot of kudos to brokers about how good they are. Now they are just like financial planners, just like um, a range of different professionals. You're going to get great ones and you're going to get average ones and then you're going to get really, really poor ones. Again, it's the questions that you ask them. If you're dealing with a broker and they don't use stop losses, uh, which is something I really promote in my book, How to Beat the Managed Funds by 20%, I'm always talking about it on Sky Business Channel and I'm, every time I meet with people, I'm talking about, do you use stop losses? If you go to a broker and they're using a broker and they don't take stop losses, then I'd suggest get another broker. But make sure they're going to do what you want. Be clear about what your goals that you want to achieve in your share market. And then make sure the broker is aligned with that and you can get on with them because there are some really good brokers. Another interesting statistic that I've seen is that tipsters, you know, those magazines or newspaper tipsters or even those subscription-based newsletters that you can get, whether they're daily, weekly, and they come out and you just subscribe to them and you get hot tips for the day or hot tips for the week and up to five tips. And uh, those, the statistical fact is I saw some research only recently in the US that tipsters are only right 47% of the time. That was the statistics over about 60 different tipsters or um, thing, uh, uh, newsletters that they were getting in and other various that they were correlating and only 47% were right. And yet, and that's my experience that I've seen with a lot of people coming to us who have subscribed to these reports that you might spend $1,000 a year or $2,000 a year to subscribe to, to get what's the best stocks to buy and sell and for them to buy and sell for you. But again, they're only right about half of the time. And it really gets back down to your money management rules and your stop loss rules about whether you're going to make money or not. And to me, always the best way is to educate yourself better. So it doesn't matter whether it's a website like uh, Comsec or E-Trade or um, the Trading Room and there's tips on there or whether it's a magazine like Money Management or Magazine or you see something in the Financial Review or any other magazine. Remember, people in these magazines are generally only right about 50% of the time. Uh, in here, we're about right about 70% of the time. So we'd be the top end of the scale for that because of the education that we have and, and the expertise that we have. But generally... Um, the average person on the street does gives these tipsters saying, well, okay, you're a professional. You're, I'm paying $1,000 for your service. So I should be getting great tips, but not necessarily. And it doesn't mean you won't lose money. It doesn't mean you won't make money either. So you could quite well and truly make money. But quite often or not, the people that make money out of these, these tipping sheets, firstly, are the tipsters themselves because they're getting paid you know, multiple times for writing one report every day. So they might spend an hour writing the port and they might have 10,000 subscribers, so they make money. 
whether the reader makes money or not is a different thing. And whether the reader makes money or not would be, depend very, very much on their knowledge on money management, stop losses and buying the right shares for them. And I'd suggest that you need to educate yourself. And, and most of that information is actually in my book, uh, how to use, do your money management, how to create your portfolios, how to use your stop losses and how to assess a good share so that all of that's in there and you need to understand those sorts of things. But right now I'd, I'd look at those sorts of things. If you're thinking about using those things, to me, education is always the key. Uh, the better informed I have, the better educated I am and uh, the, the more uh, solidity I have to my investment strategy and the more accurate I'm going to be. Have a, have a really good think about where you are today and where you want to be and then look at yourself and say, okay, do I have the required skills to do that? And what professionals am I using? Am I using an accountant? Am I using a financial planner? Am I using a great solicitor? Yeah. Am I using a broker? How am I getting these expertise? Because we all need that. I do all the time. I have good accountants. I have good solicitors. I have good um, business advisors around us. And I have my team, my core team of analysts around me that we bounce ideas off. And because and by doing that, I have a solid team around me. Then we're going to create a better um, model for not only for my business, but for, for our clients and, and do better investing for our clients. And also I do better personally for myself. So I look forward to chatting with you next week. You've been listening to Talking Wealth and I'm Dale Gillam, the Chief Analyst at Wealth Within. Take care. Talking Wealth was brought to you by Wealth Within. To learn how you too can maximise your investment returns, call 1300 SHARE TRADE.